Hello, and welcome to the Table and Well podcast. I'm Tennyson. And I'm Janelle. Thank you for joining us as we discuss topics and give practical tools that help you live, grow, and be in healthy, joy-filled relationships with God, yourself, and others. For more information and resources, or if you're looking for coaching, connection, and community, please visit tableandwellco.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the Table and Well podcast. This is episode number 41. As always, please feel free to download and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite listening platform. And I do want to give you one more opportunity to register for the fall session of our collabs. Um, if you're listening to this before September 9th, uh, you have an opportunity to still join us for our collab. Um, again, it is a eight-week skill-based intensive with practices and skills that will help you live relationally healthy with God, yourself, and others. Um, again, like I said earlier, it starts September 9th. There are three collabs that you can be a part of. There is a co-ed lab, which will start at 5.30. There is a men's and a women's collab done separately that will begin at 7.30. And again, these begin on Thursday, September 9th. So this is, I believe, part 18 of our series called The Half Brain Church, How the Church Has Lost Its Ever-Loving Mind. And the information and these discussions come from the book called The Other Half of Church, which is written by Jim Wilder and Michael Hendricks. In our last two podcasts, we dug a little bit deeper into shallow group identity and toxic group identity. Well, today we're going to go the opposite direction and we're going to talk about healthy group identity and what that looks like, who creates it, how it's created, what it does for your community, for your churches and for your family. Group identity is something that we don't spend a lot of time talking about, whether it be in church, whether it be in school, whether it be in society. I mean, really, who can remember the last time you had a class on group identity? We never talk about that. But group identity is so important because what it does, it sets the identity for your community, for your family, for your church, for your team. Um, if you're into sporting events or anything like that, there is a group identity that happens. And that's what Jesus did when he came on the earth. He set a group identity for his believers, for his followers. What he was saying was, this is who we are and this is how it is for us to act. In every situation, he laid it out for us. And so the importance of this is that what we're doing is we're setting identity. We're not setting standards. We're not saying you have to live up to this thing. What we're saying is this is who we are. Don't forget who we are. This is the most important part of our group. And so we're going to talk about why healthy group identity is so important and how it's formed, how it's shaped, um, who shapes it, and we're just really excited for you to listen and to learn and to begin to dive deep into this and to look at your own communities and say, do we have a healthy group identity or is it not so healthy? Are we a little toxic? Are we a little shallow? Do we need to be more healthy? What can we do and have healthy group identity? So please continue to listen as we begin our conversation on healthy group identity. All right. So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about building healthy group identity. Okay. We've been talking about what it looks like to have shallow group identity, mm-hmm. toxic group identity, which has been kind of heavy. Yeah. And really heavy. we can't not talk about then what's the other option. Right. 
right? Yeah. We all agree. Mm, yeah, we're we're kind of living there. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we want. No. And I think we know what we want inside of us. Most of us do know that there has to be a better way. But what might that way look like? And yeah. so today we're going to talk a little bit about that and some practical ways to bring it about. Yeah. So before we start the conversation, though, um, I just kind of want to do a precursor of explaining that in order to have healthy group identity, maturity is the first requirement. Absolutely. You cannot have healthy group identity with a bunch of relationally immature people. It is not possible. Now, you could have a small amount of relationally mature people Mm -hmm. who are helping create healthy group identity and modeling for people who are relationally immature, a different way of doing relationship Mm -hmm. that is possible. But if we don't have mature people in our communities modeling what it is like to have healthy group identity, then it's nearly impossible to find. And, you know, we have a whole podcast series that we refer back to a million times in these (laughs) podcasts. Um, because these do really do tie together. Yeah. We've mentioned it, but this is a point where I think you and I came to the realization that no, that these tie so closely and that healthy group identity isn't possible if there's not a mature community. And like we talk about in our, our maturity series, that doesn't mean that that just because we have mature as far as age goes, that that's enough. Right. But we really need people to have the skills mm-hmm. and to be living with the skills of how it is like for us to act with each other in a mature way. Yeah, we need we need people in our community that are really mature in, in all of the areas of maturity as you mm-hmm. walk through the infant, the child, adult, parent, the elder stage. Mm-hmm. People that are able to take care of themselves, take care of one other person. Yes. People that are able to look at themselves through the eyes of heaven and see you through the eyes of heaven. Yes. People that will keep their relationship bigger than whatever the problem is. Yes. All those maturity skills are important to build a healthy group identity and necessary. Absolutely. Someone has to have them. Right. Someone (laughs) has to build, someone has to set the identity. Right. And as we talked about really um, in our elder um, podcast, when we talk about the maturity level, it's the elders of the community that really are setting the identity and not the standards or not. We're not, we're not saying this is something you have to live up to. What we're saying is this is who we are. Mm -hmm. This is how we behave. This is how Mm -hmm. we act. Mm -hmm. And, we need to build this healthy group identity from that point of identity. Yeah. And I think this uh, is important because we just talked about what it's like for us to build group identity on ideas or beliefs, Mm -hmm. but we've all been a part of communities where we have agreed upon ideas, beliefs, codes of conduct, behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we're watching our leaders basically not model any of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they're immature. Yeah. Yeah. And, this conversation is meant to, not meant to go this, <laughs> go way, this but, way, but, but here we are. And I think it's important to say though, yeah, is that this is why we do collabs. Yes. Because all of us are relationally immature. <laughs> you and I have shared many times on this podcast, how three years ago we hit a wall and, and because of our immaturity, yeah, our marriage almost didn't survive because of our immaturity. Yes. And we had been in ministry for well over 20 years, had been married 20 years, and we were struggling big time because we didn't, you and I we did not have, have healthy skills. group identity, yeah, right. even within our marriage oh, yeah. or within our, our family. family. And well, that's so, important. so 
we're not saying when when I say, you know, the, the toxic and the shallow is coming from relational immaturity. We all have it. Yes, we do. No one's perfect. But yep. what we do is go back and we help through collabs. We help rebuild that identity or, well, not identity, rebuild that maturity. Yes. We identify the gaps. We we put in and one by one, mm-hmm. we go through topics and we take a look at it and we develop practices to do yeah. together. We develop a mini community to practice among. We do, yes. And, and we watch people grow. And we haven't really shared a ton about collabs on this podcast. Yeah. We've mentioned them. We are inviting people right. in. Yep. But even right now, we have a whole group of um, church leaders who yes. are as one, one church. They're bringing their entire leadership team through collabs for this purpose right here that we're talking yeah. about today is that they want to have a healthy group identity, not only for themselves, but for their congregation. Yeah. And they want to know what it looks like to model for others and to set an identity for others. Again, not a standard Mm -hmm. because we can do that from a place of immaturity and all fail (laughs) simultaneously. Yep. But really to say, we want to figure out what it looks like for us to be our healthiest self, Mm -hmm. to be the most mature self we can be. And then we want to model that for everybody else who we come in contact with inside this group identity yeah. that comes into our into our four walls of our church or, or as we minister out in the community. So yeah. so we weren't that wasn't no we we're supposed to go but I, I it's hugely important. Yeah. And 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 when we do these collabs, these are the one thing I've said this a couple of times in some different opens, but this is the thing that makes Janelle and I really come alive because mm-hmm. we get to see the transformation week by week. Yeah. And you get to see the transformation week by week. Right. And in yourself, in yourself and in the other and people it, in your group yeah. that was a stranger a week ago. Right. And it's awesome. <laughs> okay. And so to have an entire church leadership team, 14 people. Mm-hmm. Who intimately already know each other. Right. Go who've, through this. Who've, been, who've walked tough times together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they want to be more relationally healthy. Yes. And yes. mature. Yes. To lead their people for themselves. It's, it's really cool because it's for themselves because they want to be who God's called them to be. But they, they also want to be more connected to the Lord. Connected That's, to the Lord through it, mm-hmm. connected to each other. And then it allows them to be more connected to the people that they're leading. Right. And then they can lead their people through this with the skills that they have. They can mm-hmm. now practice with their with the people they're leading. Right. To bring them up into maturity. So this is the like the one thing that. Janelle and I absolutely love yes. to do and to see. So, yeah. And we're watching most of the people in this group are what we would say elder level mm-hmm. when it comes to life stage. Yeah. Many of them are, and many of them are parents. They're both mm-hmm. kind of in that, in that vein. But what we're watching is them move from being elders in their community in age, but elders in community in their maturity. Oh yeah. And that is such a gift because who develops healthy group identity it's your elders. It's your elders. They're the ones who who say and determine to the community, this is who we are and yep. how it's like for us to act. Mm-hmm. And they set the standard by what they model, Absolutely. not necessarily by what they say, what they decree, what the doctrine is, what all right. the creeds are. They're saying, they're saying in the tough moment when a conflict arises, they're the ones who step in and model how yeah. how they're going to respond to the person who's upset. Yep. And then that sets the standard, not not the standard, not but the, the, the identity, the of, identity of the group is that, oh, when this happens, this is what we do. Right. Because we just saw it with we our eyes, it. We not because somebody it. Yeah. preached it to us, but yeah. because we saw it. And it's very practical. This mm-hmm. is a, this is actually probably 
one of the more practical things we're going to talk mm-hmm. about in this in in this series and just in general because this is a very community um, experiential thing, very practical of when this happens, this is what we do. And we're going to say it, but then we're also going to do it. And so you can experience it. And so you've got this registering your brain that says, oh, when this happens, this is what I do. Because mm-hmm. because we've talked about, oh, I'm going to cross these over. But yeah. in collabs, we're in the midst of writing curriculum mm-hmm. additionally for collabs. And we talk about mirror neurons. And we become what we see. Yes. We become what the people around us do. Mm-hmm. And that's coming into play right here. Absolutely. And what's so fun about it is that when we watch someone do something that is yucky, toxic, mm-hmm. whatever, yep. we're like, Ugh, uh, right. you know, you can feel it there. Nobody told you that was bad right. or wrong. And it could not have even happened to you. Maybe it happened to somebody and you just knew, heard about, heard it, about it, or maybe you saw it and yeah. you know, in your spirit, like, well, mm. no, same thing applies though. Yes. When you watch someone handle conflict in a really healthy way, it like you feel invited from the inside into a new way of life. Yeah. And you may not know how to do it, but the invitation almost chases you down. It does. Yeah. And it, and because it, that's where we all want to live. Yeah. And it, and it sits in that pre-conscious part of our brain because mm-hmm. it's a relational interaction that happens. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's there and it's, mm-hmm. it's just in the file of the brain it's running through. And so when situations arise, your brain runs through that and it's looking for good, bad, or indifferent. Right. And it's mm-hmm. looking for that experience of yeah. what you've been, what you've, your observed experience of what you've seen happen and what your people and have what done. Your people have done mm-hmm. And then that becomes your initial reaction yeah. and it becomes your part of your character. Mm-hmm. And that's how, and that's why we do. That's why you one of the reasons you want to build healthy group identity right. is to help create that level of, good character in our community. Yes. And two things are really at play here. So as you were talking, you know, what, when you see what your people do, and then that becomes your first reaction, the thought came to mind of, you know, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm so much like my dad. Like, you know, (laughs) you have those Uh moments where you're, where you say something to your kid and you think, oh my gosh, that's exactly what, just like my dad. Right. Yeah. yeah, Or just like my mom. Oh, that's what she would always say, because that's what you have seen. Yep. That that's how people respond in that moment. Uh Or you have this unexplainable anger that you can't figure out why that's your first reaction because 90% of the time you're actually a happy person. Yeah. But then there's that moment where you're like, that thing that sets you off. Yep. Um, so you have that from your childhood. That's a part of this, this identity that you're bringing to the table. Yeah. In order for that to change in adulthood, you need a group of people that is going to model for you a healthy, healthier way. Yeah. You need people more mature than you. Yes. To model for you a healthier way. Yeah. We talk about this in our identity lesson in Collapse. In the way that when if you if your group is unhealthy, they're mm-hmm. modeling for you a way and you will pick up on it. Yes, absolutely. You will. So if and it's if it's unhealthy, then you marry that with the unhealthy that you had in childhood. If it's healthy, there's an advancement that can happen and a healing and a wholeness that can come into play mm-hmm. and a new way of doing things. Right. So so this is an important deal. This yeah. whole group identity concept and a healthy group identity concept or even a toxic group identity yeah. concept is critical to who you are every single day. In every interaction, in yes. every situation. Mm-hmm. You will be like the people you are surrounded by. I don't know who says it, but there's, so a, good. there's yeah. a statement out there that you will be like the five people that are closest to you because that's 
a biological truth. Yep. Because that's the way the Lord created us. Because we were made in his image uh-huh. and we were made to reflect him. So if we're spending time with him face mm-hmm. to face, yep. he counts as one of those five. He does. Absolutely. <laughs> and we become like him because he's created our bodies and our biology to mimic. Mm-hmm. And mimic isn't quite the right word in the vocabulary because it's not like that. But to imitate. literally like, yeah, and imitate, I don't even know is like, because it we we become, we become like, like well we it's be, not even like we pretend to be like we become who we behold that statement we become who we behold um and so, so it's you know and and so who are we beholding yes or as we would say who are you attached who to are you attached to because you will become yeah who you're attached to one more th- important okay. thing to say yes. here as we're i mean now we're in it so, we're in it. so here let's we talk about yep. it because who builds healthy group identity okay we've established that so elders build Healthy group identity. Our leaders build healthy group identity. Our parents. Our parents build healthy group identity. Exactly. And now in a community or in a church, because this is about the half brain church. Yep. In a church, it should be our elders. Yes. They're the ones who should be looking at the community as a whole Mm -hmm. and and prayerfully determining Mm -hmm. what the identity of the community is, what the needs of the community are, how we help meet each other's needs, where, where leadership or maturity might need to be focused, Mm -hmm. where growth may be needed, where, what resources and strengths are at the table, how those can be offered to the community at large, all that. That's the elder's job. Yes. And again, we don't mean, mean you're 60 and you're an elder and suddenly boop, Boop, you have this magical power. But there is a beauty in the fact that when you reach about that age, we talk about this in the maturity lesson, but once your youngest child turns 13, you are beginning to be freed up to be Mm -hmm. in a position to have more time and life experience Mm -hmm. because now you've learned what it's like to love sacrificially as a parent thoroughly through many stages of (laughs) life. To begin to offer that to the community. Mm-hmm. So, th- I mean, in some organizations, you can be an elder and be 30. Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about that. Yeah. We're talking about people who have reached a certain not, stage yeah. of life. It's not a positional. No, this not, is not a positional title we're yeah, talking about. No, yeah, yeah, that's, that's good to it. point out. Yeah. It really mm-hmm. is both the combination of a life stage mm-hmm. of I have raised children and I and I have that experience and wisdom. Yep. And I have had that sacrificial love experience yep. and I have the maturity yes. to be able to steward my community well. Yeah. Now, when we talk about parents, what's really interesting about this is that it starts here in the same way. Yes, it does. So as a parent, I'm the elder of my quote unquote my, community, my family, my, my family, my home. Yep. Yeah. And maybe I shouldn't have said it that way because it will kind of mix up the concept but really any church or organization or community is only going to be as strong as its families. Yes. So well, I, it, it, it's the, the sum is only as strong as its parts in right. whatever context we're looking at. Right. And ideally those parents will have parents. Yes. Who are modeling for them, how it is mm-hmm. like for them to act and all of that. That's ideal. In reality, I don't, we know that's not always, not that, that's not always the case. It's not exactly. always true, but maybe there's elders in that parent's community, even if they don't have parents who can model for them, they have elders in the community who can yeah. model for them how it is like for them to act as a parent. Right. And then they can provide healthy group identity for their family. Because if you can if you can create a healthy group identity in your family, mm-hmm. then children are, are not experiencing and will not experience the struggles that we're seeing today. Yeah, 
Absolutely. where nobody knows who they, who they are, are and how it's like for them to act. And we, yeah, and we've talked about this before. And, and oh, yeah, I don't know if we've actually talked about it, but I know that I've said it, that I, I, I firmly believe this is my opinion, that some of the issues that we're dealing with in our world today is the simple fact that we don't have that community of elders that are looking back at the next generation and saying, no, that's not who we are. Right. This is who we are. And this it is how this is how it is for us to behave. And I'm going to walk with you and help bring you back into this is who we are. Right. And who you are. Remind you of who you remind you of who you are by reminding you of who we are. Exactly. Yes. Because I can see you through the eyes of heaven, even though you're acting like a fool. Right. (laughs) But also, too, we've talked about this, but haven't I don't think ever thoroughly explored it. But there's also in this healthy group identity of who we are and how it's like for us to act. Mm -hmm. If you have a community that says to that child no, you listen to your grandparents. They have a lot of wisdom to bring oh, to this yeah, table. Yeah. Then we don't have what we have today where we have a bunch of 20-year-olds who think they don't need to listen to the last <laughs> generation because they don't know how to do anything or they don't, right. you know, they're just clueless or rude or what, whatever. Whatever. Might you know, be. like this yeah. division even generationally that we yeah. have right now where we write off, write off the generation and the elders that we need desperately right now as boomers right. and make fun because of because they don't quote unquote know what's really going on or don't right. understand what's happening today right now did the boomers do everything right no we're no. not saying that but also too they didn't necessarily like you see this is a generational problem that's happened yeah we don't have healthy elders because something had been broken a long time ago in this exact topic right in this exact topic yeah um so this has been a really interesting discussion because yeah. it starts here yeah and I would just like to encourage anybody who's listening, if you haven't listened to the maturity series, um, now you're in trouble because you're in episode whatever, 40 something this is. Yeah, this and, is, I don't even know. Yeah. 41, 42, maybe. And the maturity series is is thorough. Yeah. But these two marry Mary. right here. Yeah. So what I would encourage you guys to do um, is if you've listened to this podcast, this, this episode, and you're not quite like, well, what do you mean about like elders and their roles? If nothing else, before you move on to the next podcast, go back and listen yeah. to that elder series. I think there's three or four podcasts that are in that little window of elders in yeah. the maturity stage. Because we've explored it thoroughly. Yeah. So go back and listen to that and then move forward into to where we're, we're going to go next. You've been listening to the Table and Well podcast. New episodes stream every Tuesday. Please subscribe on your favorite streaming service.